0: Mission for Jesus Church located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Al.
1: Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise Praise the Lord, Lord. it's chat time again.
0: Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and
2: scriptures. Praise the Lord. So this week I want to continue with what we started last week. Um, I don't want to... You know get too deep into this but I do want to finish what we started and that topic was an LGBTQ inclusive sex education and what it would have taught you if we had it in uh, school so um, we were talking about the number one there were like several talking points and the first one would be that was what we touched on last week was kids' gender identity development started starts early in life, so we should talk about transgender and identity issues earlier in life too. And we were talking about how development starts as young as about three years old, according to the Boston sex educator Ida Manduli, and um, and early primer on gender fluidity would make it easier for kids to be true to themselves as they grow and even have the potential to save some lives, according to this woman. But anyway, um, I, I, I guess I never like that phrase, true to yourself, be true to yourself. I don't know why. It always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, be true to the word. Be true to what the Lord says. Be true to, I mean, I don't know. People used to tell me that years and years when I was really young. Be true to yourself. What, what the heck does that mean? You know, when you're searching and you don't even know what you want or need or you need a, desire. You need a um, True to yourself. Yourself can make you cuckoo. Right. Be true to my cuckoo self. Be true right. to my. Be true to my, I don't know what, my... Perverted self, be true right. to it. Well, I, you know, I don't know what that means. So when they say make it easier for kids to be true to themselves as they grow, there is no such thing as that, in my opinion. I don't care what sex educator we're talking about or what right. uh, a psychiatrist or... or <laughs> Psychologist or, or whatever, but yeah, there is no true to, your, in my opinion, there is no true to yourself. Now, people have to educate me on that if there if there is such a thing.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, in my opinion, in my words, you can't be true to yourself trying to be something that you're not. Right. So it's, it's, like, it's like it contradicts itself. Yeah, you can't be true to yourself being contradicted. Mm-hmm. You be true to yourself by, you know, like how you were saying, what the what the guideline, what God came up with, the standard that God has set. Then you and you're doing what He wants you to do. Then you're being true to yourself, but you can't be true and living a lie. Right.
2: And you don't even know yourself unless you know God. Right. You know, you know, being made in the image and likeness of the Lord. You you unless you know that that's being true to yourself because you know that you're made in the image and likeness of God uh, of the Lord and, and then you go from there.
1: Right, was trying to set your own standard and direct your own path you're going to err. Anyway,
2: now I'm off my soapbox <laughs> You're going to
1: err. Now there's this one, I, I didn't get the actor's name, I, I might have to go back and find it, but he went through, I think he, he, he's dead today, but he went through a, a sex change. He was battling HIV, he was battling AIDS, Uh, for about, I would say about like uh, between 12 and 17 years. You know, you you really didn't know it to to look at him that he was sick, but that he was ill, but he he went and he had a sex change. And then in the last three years of his life, he went back to uh, being identified as a man. And this is what he told the people. He said, there's no such thing as a true sex change. What you are born as, what God has made you, that's what you truly are. He said, there's no such thing as a sex change. He said, now there's an outward appearance, he said, whereby you can fool the world from the outside. He said, but as far as actually transforming completely into a different sex, he said, it it does not happen. And that's why he went back to uh, living as a male. Didn't say that he changed his lifestyle as, as a homosexual. But he did not try to deceive people into thinking that he was a woman because he said no matter how you do it, I guess no matter how much estrogen you take, I don't know how many implants you have, or whatever they do as far as operations, he says you're never truly opposite of what you have been born as. And he came to that realization. But eventually the AIDS overtook him and, and, and it, he died.
2: And it's impossible to be something that you're not. Without the medication right, to because, keep you going.
1: Right, and he said and that, that just gives a, a, a false a, sense a false of a, a, real. A, right, a false presence. It's like people see you as something, but deep down inside you know that's not what you are.
0: Mm.
1: And you know, I felt for him, I would hope, that maybe towards the end that he came into a greater revelation, even greater than that, but I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. That's like a torment. You, that's something that can just eat away at you like a cancer. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're trying to undo something that you you can't undo. Right. That's a torment.
1: Right. That's, and then to call a lie the truth, and to call something that which is false as being something that's real, and then people applaud you for it and accept you for it, but it's, it's still a lie.
2: Silly. Yes. To me, that's silly. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. So it's, this article says that given the higher rates of suicide for teens who are transgender, especially those who are bullied, this kind of information could really bolster proven suicide prevention strategies. Well, I beg to differ with that. Because unless you know who are in the Lord, that, that's the only thing that's going to prevent you from committing suicide. The second thing is periods are natural and affect all of our lives, not just those who identify as girls. Remember that day in sixth grade when teachers would separate the class by sex and the girls learned about their cycle and the boys got ushered out to do something else? No. Well, it, this article <laughs> says that it's high time we stop that practice and give all kids a lesson on on that type of health. I,
1: I'm thinking what they have. Done. They've taken health and they've gone a step too far. And so now they're going into things that have that deals with uh not just your biology, but they're going into things that deals with your morality. And I'm thinking that I I didn't learn about my menstrual cycle at school. You know, I learned at home. And these roles that they're trying to step into where they're trying to take the parents place, to me that's dangerous. mm mm-hmm. And I don't think they should be telling my son or my daughter about menstrual cycles, you know. And, and if they are going to say, uh, if they tell about the biological aspect of it, that I can understand. And I don't see why they would have to separate the boys from the girls. Well, well they go one step further, they're not just talking the biology of it. Then they start talking about the, the morality of it, the social aspects. And then they get getting into areas, to me, that doesn't concern them but they made it their concern.
2: Now it says that by teaching all students about the monthly cycle at the same time it destigmatizes a natural part of having a uterus.
1: If you teach them the biological aspect but then they, they're talking about natural se- things. sexual yeah. awareness
2: See, and they're that, talking about that's where we get uh, the j- jokes trouble. about how men uh, go and have to buy certain things for their girlfriends or wives? Or-
1: well, that was, that's going to be regardless. It's not going to take away the stigma. You can do that nowadays. You can tell a person to go and, and, and tell them about some feminine products. I don't care how much they learn in school. They're going to feel stigmatized. They're going to feel odd about getting it. Right. You know, one person who was a sodomite said why he didn't trust women. He said because he didn't trust anybody who could bleed for a week and not die. And I said, now, you know, you're not going to erase that type of prejudice. I don't care how much education you give a person. You know, Some things have to be taught to me to remain at home.
2: Number three, LGBTQ plus teens might be more at risk for STIs in pregnancy than their straight peers. The not so fun fact, the United States has the highest STI rates in the industrialized world. Part of the problem lies with our sex ed curriculum that doesn't debunk myths about how we can catch sexually transmitted infections we need to be particularly aware of how vulnerable the LGBTQ community is LGBTQ plus youth faith youth face a n- number of elevated risks with their sexual health including higher rates of STIs
1: what well, I think that their community should educate them It should not
2: be done in the schools. And include everybody. Right. Although, I have to say that the more you hear about this and the more people talk about being all-inclusive and raising babies as babies instead of a little girl or a little boy, but they're a baby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I notice that when... I'm driving down the street. Just yesterday, as a matter of fact, there was some a guy walking down the street with a real long dress. I mean, mm-hmm. people feel free to dress. Well, they've done that
1: before, but now I guess it's more accepted.
2: I didn't see it that much. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they were called crazy.
1: <laughs> no, they were, just, they were called gay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: In my neighborhood, they were called crazy. Anyway, number four, there's so much more to sex than um, basic heterosexual sex. Now, why are sex, they teaching? This, this is now, what I'm saying. Is, They're crossing the line. No, it says, sex is like a cheesecake factory mm-hmm. menu. There are endless options. Some you might be interested in trying, some you're not into, and some you might try later. That
1: might be, but you know, teaching my child about the things that they might get interested in. See, that's what I'm saying. Now you're crossing the
2: line. Framing sex as a single activity between a man and a woman uh, isn't going to cut it anymore. It's vital we teach kids that there are countless of ways of having sex and that none of them is exclusive to a particular sexuality.
1: <laughs> no.
2: And then they go into detail about that's right. the different that's, kinds.
1: That's what I object to. And then as, you, as you're doing that, what does that do? That opens up the door to people who have, I don't care how they look at it, perverse Appetites, And then you're introducing your child to people who are bringing up uh, acts that, to me, no, no normal individual will be involved in. And I don't care if they're offended by it. They need and, help. And
2: all that is is teaching someone pleasure, not morality, not how lust. God wants it. Lust. It's your self-satisfaction.
1: Which is lust. You know, and so and and you're talking about something that can drive a person insane. It's when Satan gets a hold of a person's mind and they no longer have control because lust has has overtaken them. You talk about committing suicide. You talk about people who are looking to other people in the flesh to fulfill a void, a spiritual void that cannot be filled because it's sin. You're talking about suicide, you're talking about people who don't not turn into the Lord, they're trying to turn to each other, and that's the blind leading the blind,
0: yeah, so it's so you just got these perverse teachers, perverse leaders coming into the school trying to indoctrinate their perverseness on kids from k four on up to twelve grade, so it'll just be like a perverse generation just coming up
1: right, so that they don't feel condemned for their own acts, so they can glory. In in, in a person In their flesh Basically is what they're doing
0: What misery loves company
2: Yes Here number five Your sexuality is fluid Throughout your lifetime Don't get hung up on labels A well rounded sex ed class Would take the Kinsey scale And blast it in the 21st century Your sexual orientation Exists on a spectrum But it's also a fluid thing Throughout your lifetime we live in an age of identity politics, and it's easy to get fixated on what we label ourselves like cis, straight, genderqueer, and non-binary. This is a word I've never heard. Androsexual, etc. But many of us continue to explore and possibly change aspects of our sexuality throughout our lives. We're humans. We shift. We evolve. It's in our nature. Or we de-evolve. should never feel... We should never feel pressured To label ourselves if it doesn't feel right We should teach teens To take whatever time you need Or want to feel whatever you're feeling Right now or to safely explore What you want to You should also remind kids that they don't need Hard proof of their sexual or gender identity If you know That's so stupid If you know you're asexual or gender queer For example you don't have to do You don't have to have done anything with someone else to know it for sure number six open and honest discussions about body parts and what's considered normal are vital so let's face it we're all painfully obli- oblivious to what's going on down there
1: or we, we are, <laughs> are all we are so i guess they just know this you know how do they come to that conclusion they're they're, they're so obviously twisted that there's just no way that they should be conducting any type of uh, sex education in in the classroom i mean it's just it's just basically it's idiotic well
2: they would think that i i, I would venture to say that they would feel like we would need some lessons on the differences and
1: <laughs> said no i don't like one person told me uh this you know there were some things they when she got to the big city because she was raised in a small town. It's something she just never would have known if people hadn't told her. And now that they told her, it's like stuck in her brain I'm and she wish she hadn't you. heard it. I know. You know. It's just like good grief. Just because you introduce somebody to something doesn't mean that what you've introduced them to is of quality. I remember I met this person from Africa and she said in her village, sodomy, homosexuality was never heard of until they got uh, uh Visitations from Western world, she said. But it was never in existence. You could just see the disgust in her face, you know, in her tone of her voice. She said they never knew anything like that. So just because somebody introduces something to you doesn't mean that it's for your good.
0: Yeah, I think like the old phrase goes, you know, stick to your day job. They should stick to reading, <laughs> writing, arithmetic. Right. math. Yes. You well, know, those, so those those type of subjects and leave that other stuff, that perverseness that will corrupt and interrupt right. the children's mind out of, outside.
2: Right.
1: They should not be introducing that into the classroom.
2: Well, this sex educator in Boston, Ada Manduli, says that the way anatomy is taught currently tends to be focused on reproduction and sometimes on health. And I don't want to tell the rest of what she, I don't want to quote whatever, what, what mm-hmm. the because it's just too not appropriate for this program. Anyway, moving on. Um, I found this article, and I don't know if I found it or if someone sent this to me. It came from ChristianHeadlines.com, and it says a seminary president admits that she doesn't believe in heaven, she doesn't believe in miracles, and she does not believe in Christ's resurrection. And she does not need to be the head of anything <laughs> she- having to do with the seminary. The president of a seminary, which was founded in 1836 on the fallible Word of God, says in a new interview that she doesn't believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ, the power of prayer, literal heaven, or miracles. Her name is Serene Jones, and she's president of Union Theological Seminary in New York. And she made the comments in an interview with uh, Nicholas Kristof of the New York Times for an article that was published during the Easter weekend. Although the author's intent may have been to inspire readers, it also served to spotlight the leftward drift of many seminaries. Union Theological Seminary's founding constitution stated the seminary's goal was to promote the kingdom of Christ professors were required to affirm they believed the scriptures of the old and new testament to be the word of god and the only infallible rule of faith and practice but this president made it clear that the seminary is a very different school today she rejects a literal bodily resurrection of christ when you look at the gospels the stories are all over the place there's no resurrection story in mark just an empty tomb those who claim to know whether or not it happened are kidding themselves. Crucifixion is not something that God is orchestrating from upstairs. There's the pervasive idea of an abusive Godfather who sends his own kid to the cross so God could forgive people is nuts. For me, the cross is an enactment of our human hatred. What happens on Easter is the triumph of love in the midst of suffering. Is that, isn't that that reason for hope?
1: So how, rejects, how does she explain that triumph? She
2: rejects the idea that God miraculously heals through prayer. I don't believe in a God who, because of prayer, would decide to cure your mother's cancer but not cure the mother of a non-praying neighbor, she said. We so can't how does she get to manipulate. there? How does
1: she get to uh, the mother of a non-praying neighbor not being healed? That's that's not scripture. The Lord heals his, He his mercy and his blessings fall on
2: the just as well as the unjust. Where does she get that from? She rejects the version birth. I find the virgin birth a bizarre claim," she said. She, "Has nothing to do with Jesus' message. The virgin birth only becomes important if you have a theology in which sexuality is considered sinful. She is it silly. also promotes the notion of that that the pure, untouched female body is the best body, and that the idea has led to centuries of oppressing women.
1: Well, this is this is another thing that bothers me about her. Why is it that she thinks virgins are just women? Man you know, to, you know <laughs> see, these people, to me, are just so ignorant. And in, and in, the, and in Revelations, the, the 144,000, they were men. When he talked about virgins, they weren't women, they were men. Now, this is what Paul said. He said, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So she should not be in charge of anything because she's a, a, a direct contradiction to the word of God.
2: Well, the school is a very different place, though. When asked what happens when people die, she said, I don't know. There may be something, there well, that's may be one, nothing. That's one
1: thing she told that was the truth. She does not know. My
2: faith <laughs> is not tied to some divine prom- promise about the afterlife. She's silly. He said, but
1: if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. So she, they should take her down immediately. They should just, just say, okay, if you want to believe that, you are entitled to believe that. The consequences of it, though, you have to deal with the Lord about, but you cannot leave this seminary.
2: That's crazy. Asked how we can reconcile an omnipotent, omniscient God with evil and suffering. She responded, at the heart of faith... Is mystery. God is beyond our knowing, not a being or an essence or an object. But I don't worship an all powerful, all controlling, uh, omnipotent, omniscient being. That is a fabrication of Roman juridical theory and Greek mythology.
1: Uh, Ah, no. And then this is what uh, Paul said If the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and ye are yet. In your sins, and she is yet in her sins. Therefore, everything that she sees is tainted, because it's not of faith.
2: Anything that is not of faith is a sin. Well, anyway, this is interesting. According to um, according to this president, there is no cross on which Jesus died for sin. There is no <laughs> she, Father who sent the Son to pay for. Her ransom. She has there is no, no, no bodily resurrection of she Christ so from the dead as, totally a, as a sign England and of seal word. of God's promises. Indeed, she has denied everything that makes gospel good news. She even denies that God is a being. She claims to be a Christian minister while simultaneously rejecting every tenant of the historic Christian faith. Why would anyone identify as a Christian minister and then deny... The entire superstructure of Christian theology.
1: anti spirit trying to tear to down
2: from within. What we see here is a hope to replace biblical Christianity with a new religion about without anyone noticing.
1: And how can you not notice? It's just so blasphemous.
2: Well, and, and i it's not something that's well known. I mean, I didn't know about it until I came across this article. I didn't know that there were... Uh, what? Presidents of universities who believe They, prob- like they didn't
1: know it either until she opened up her mouth. So they it, know it, now, it, Right. <laughs> just just like Paul. Some of the people that were with him, he didn't know.
2: Yeah, so now they know, I guess. And I don't know what they're going to mm-hmm. do about it. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do something.
0: Yes, praise the Lord. And let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Romans chapter 3, verses 24 and 25 being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus whom god has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood now ain't god all right god God is is all right
2: right. praise the lord and let everything that hath breath praise the lord last week's food for thought was while mary magdalene was crying at the sepulcher after discovering that jesus's body was gone who did she first see and the answer is two angels and that answer can be found in john chapter 20 verses 11 and 12 and it reads but mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. This week's food for thought is how many times did Jesus show himself to the disciples after he rose from the dead? Hint the Bible. And that's food for thought.